Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And an eerie silence there because there's just me here today. Um, I was supposed to be joined by a couple of my usual colleagues and I'm not going to mention any names. But after a horrific, depressing penalty shootout loss to Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, nobody else wanted to record. But I didn't want to leave you loyal listeners waiting any longer for the next episode. So I've decided for the first time ever to do a one-man show. Um, it's obviously been a bad, bad week for all Manchester United fans. I mean, this game has just topped off a whole catalogue of terrible things that have happened this week, basically. Uh, I'm not going to be here for an hour because I don't think anybody wants to listen to an hour of me crying. But I will give you my quick thoughts on all the kind of news for this week. And then I'm hopeful that on the next pod, we'll have got all the negative stuff out the way and we can get back on track. I mean, yeah, look, where to start? I mean, uh, Last time we recorded, with things were actually looking up. I actually wasn't on that podcast because I've been ill with COVID. I missed uh, the West Ham game that I was supposed to go to. But yeah, Jamie and Imran did a good show. Things were looking up. We'd had back-to-back wins. We were back in the top four. Then we had a kind of bizarre transfer window where quite a few players are left. A couple of players maybe weren't happy that they didn't leave, didn't bring anybody in. And we go into this game on the back of just unprecedented bad news to do with Mason Greenwood. Uh, I cannot talk too much about the situation because there's an ongoing court case. But just to say that he's looking pretty clear that he's been arrested, he's on bail, and we are unlikely to see him this season, if ever again, in a Manchester United shirt. So it left our squad 
looking very kind of lowish on numbers. Like I said, Martial is gone. Van der Beek is gone. Ahmad all out on loan. We then had this weird situation yesterday in the press conference where Ralph says that Cavani on an extra couple of days off. Lingard is not ready to play. So, yeah, we went into this Middlesbrough game with kind of the bare bones of a squad. Um, but still, he's put out a really strong team. And for 45 minutes in this game, I actually wrote down at half time that this is the best half we've played under Ralph Ranić, And how we've managed to come out of this game with a draw and then losing on penalties, I will never know. It's absolutely insane. The amount of chances missed. Uh, Ronaldo had several. Bruno probably had the best one couple for Rashford I mean yeah it's just crazy to think about I mean yeah if we look at there was like seven big chances we've had in this game our XG is up at 4.5 which is about as high as we've managed for several several months but we've only managed to get one goal and you know early on in this game I just thought it was just going to be a case of how many goals are we going to win this match by we were looking good the team looked up for it some players that we haven't seen for a while as well. I mean, Paul Pogba was back in the starting lineup. Um, you know, I had kind of mixed feelings about that myself because a player who's going into last months of his contract, not having committed to the club, I'm not that happy to see him still playing out there when he's not showing commitment to want to stay at Manchester United. But look, that's where we're at. And he is still a good player and he showed it for, I'd say, an hour, 45 minutes at least. And then you could see very clearly that he was like rusty, not up to playing 90 minutes. But yeah, Pogba came in, looked pretty up for it. Henderson had his first start for a while and pulled out a couple of saves. Everything, I think all the players were doing pretty well today, except for Ronaldo, who had a real stinker, not just around like the missed penalty. He had several other chances. Even his passing was kind of off and he just did not have a good day at all. Um, Really, he should have been the first one being substituted today. And this all goes back to the whole hoo-ha over when he got subbed and threw a bit of a hissy fit in the Premier League game a few weeks ago. And I think that really has set a bad precedent where Ralph Ranić is now, I don't know, maybe he's going to be scared to substitute him because for me, the right decision would have been to take him off and we would have seen where we went from there. But yeah, he... And, you know, it's rare for him to miss a target on a penalty. And never mind some of the other chances he had as well. Uh, Time after time, different chances were coming. We went there. I mean, it feels really depressing. There was some bright things that we should remember from this day. Sancho came back in for the first time in a while. He, of course, had been missing as well. He had a death in his family. We'd not seen him for the last couple of matchday squads. He started, he started well, he looked lively and he got himself on the score sheet with a nice finish, even there's a little bit of deflection on there. But just, yeah, for his confidence, that was great. And and like I said, going in towards half time, I was just expecting that it's going to be the second goal is coming, the third goal is coming. Even when we missed the penalty, I was not worried. I knew we were going to score very soon. And that's exactly the way it went. Just thought it was a shame that we managed to get to half time and it was still only 1-0. The second half started. I thought we were doing pretty well still. 
Uh, we got to about 60 minutes. We weren't as good as the first half. You know, Borough came into it a little bit. They obviously had a bit of kind of talk with their manager, a good manager, Chris Wilder, who has done us over at Old Trafford before with Sheffield United. And he changed a few things. We, as we see regularly now under Ranić, that often will play well for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and then kind of start running out of steam because there is quite a bit more kind of focus on really, we're not calling it the Gegen press. We're definitely nowhere near a full high press system yet, but there is certainly attempts, especially in like the final third to be pressing a lot more. There's also a lot expected from our full backs to be getting up and down the flanks. So yeah, there's a lot of running expected from them and whether they can do that for a full 90 minutes is still remains to be seen. But yeah, I thought we were playing some really nice football. We were creating chances. There was some great kind of one-touch passing going on between Pogba to Bruno to Rashford. Dallow as well is like, you know, he's the one who's become like a first-team choice now. Juan Bissak is not getting a look in. And yeah, he's doing well. He's doing well defensively. He's doing well attacking-wise. The team looked really good. And this is the sad thing. Like, this was the time where after two wins in a row in the Premier League, if we could have won this one, it would have changed the whole mood after all the kind of depressing news we had about things off the field to do with kind of players unhappy, to do with obviously police investigations and, yeah, uh, Mason Greenwood's situation. We really needed this FA Cup win to get the club back on track. But, yeah, it's not gone that way at all. And uh, I don't know, you know, once we got to kind of extra time, the writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, You know, extra time, very little happened. It was a kind of write-off, bore, and... I'm sure like all Manchester United fans, the last thing we ever want is a penalty shootout. I mean, time and time again, we just remember bad, bad memories. You know, we've even lost to Middlesbrough relatively recently. 2015, Louis van Gaal was in the League Cup and we lost to them that day and we only managed to score one, I think, out of five penalties. can't remember that day. I think um, Ashley Young and definitely a couple of other players missed penalties that day. Today is completely different. Actually, just like it was deja vu to Villarreal where actually our players stepped up nearly all of them took damn good penalties, even players that you don't always expect to. Harry Maguire, I was a bit nervous. Scott McTominay, I was a bit nervous. And then like some of the young guys like Diallo, Diallo step up as well. And yeah, even they're banging in really good penalties. So yeah, fair play to them. It's not this kind of situation like I can remember that Middlesbrough penalty shootout. I was at Old Trafford when we lost a penalty shootout to Sunderland. And I remember Phil Jones absolutely dead on his feet that day doing one of the most awful penalties I've seen in my whole life and yeah that was another bad one but yeah we have lost six of seven penalty shootouts in our history so yeah we know that it is not our way to go at all of course yeah we always try to remember the silver lining there has been one great penalty shootout and thankfully I was there for that one out in Moscow when we won the Champions League final against Chelsea so yeah on the biggest occasion we did manage to pull out a penalty shootout win but otherwise our history in penalty shootouts is horrific and in fact Middlesbrough have a ridiculous record of now having won 10 out of 12 penalty shootouts in their history so on that kind of side a lot was in their favour and yeah they were the ones who came with nothing to lose you know at half time they were happy just to be in this game 
and now we get to the 60th minute. We're feeling still pretty comfortable. A few minutes later, uh, substitute Watmore comes on. Two minutes after that, what I just thought to me was the most blatant handball you're ever going to see. But we're waiting for that VAR decision. We're sat there going, I'm sure VAR are going to disallow this. How on earth can that possibly be a goal? All the commentators are saying, yeah, I'm sure this is getting chalked off. Somehow the referee turns around and points to the spot. Whole stadium shocked. Even though I'm sure the Middlesbrough fans were shocked. Even I saw in the post-match interview, Paddy McNair, he was shocked. Nobody can understand this decision. And they start coming out with their, oh, there's been a rule change. And now if it's accidental and he doesn't score. Listen, if there's some new rule that says that that goal is allowed, they need to change that rule. And they need to change it tomorrow. Like that is an absolute piss take. Like that is a handball in every way. If a defender had handballed it in the box like that, that is a penalty. I mean, you can say that this is accidental, but the way it touches his hand, it actually changes the trajectory of the ball and puts it in the right place for him. Otherwise, if it didn't hit his hand, that ball was not falling for him in the right way to make the kind of assist as he did. So it's just, I can still not even believe that, you know, it wasn't even given to the referee to go and have a look on a screen or anything. They've actually just called it in the VAR studio and said, this is a good goal, which is just, yeah, total madness. And yeah, I mean, it is one of these kind of stories that the FA Cup throws up what more was actually part of our academy as a kid uh, people will not know his name because he left Manchester United at age 12 and he actually built his whole career up from nowhere he went to Altrium which is actually my local town non-league club and I have been to several Altrium matches over the years especially when I was younger and uh, after you know, leaving United at 12 he ended up playing non-league football semi-pro and yeah worked his way all the way back up has played Premier League football with Sunderland, yeah, currently at Middlesbrough. So I guess, yeah, for players like that, this was a big, big day. Paddy McNair as well, people remember, maybe from Louis van Gaal days, he gave him some big chances, but yeah, to play in the first team. And uh, yeah, he looked pretty all right, and he's carved out a decent career for himself, mostly in the championship. Uh, he stepped up and took the first penalty today as well. So yeah, these are two players that I'm sure were really wanting to come back to Old Trafford to remind of kind of lost opportunities they might have had and memories of being there. I, I guess, yeah, people who are neutrals will say, you know, this is the magic of the cup. I'll say uh, magic of the cup, my ass, because, yeah, <laughs> it's a depressing, depressing end to another failed cup run, another bad penalty shootout. Um, you know, I... I do still want people to remember that we played well today. It is a good performance, but we were obviously poor, poor, poor in finishing. And, you know, I see a lot of people online now, Twitter, saying, well, we got what we deserved because we couldn't finish it. I don't totally agree with that. I'd say, you know, today the lads did play well. They played well creatively. They played mostly well defensively, although, yeah, for, you know, several years, we've always given away the odd chance here and there, whoever we're playing against. And yeah, that's obviously happened again. But yeah, mostly I'd say it's a, it was a pleasing performance if you forget the result. If we can play like that, Every week, the passing, the creativity, we will be all right and we will finish top four and we may even have a chance in the Champions League to go through. 
And so, yeah, I don't, I, you know, it's a, it's a big difference to some of the performances we'd been putting out like a month or so ago when we were struggling against Norwich or Newcastle. You know, the players looked up for it. So I, I do think people need to remember that. And we cannot just say that, it, that the players didn't deserve anything today. You know, I think the problem is that this was kind of the culmination of all sorts of bad stories. As I say, already touched on the Greenwood stuff and I don't want to go into detail, but I just find it so sad that somebody who looked like he could have been like a generational talent for us has the whole world at his feet. And, you know, we don't, I don't want to preempt anything because there's still going to be a court case and innocent until proven guilty and everything. But, for sure, his season's a write-off and we have to see if he'll ever get his career back on track and what happens from here. Um, the other players have left the club as well, kind of with a blessing. Martial's gone out there. Seville have made a huge deal of that signing. He's taken a pay cut to go and play football. I'd say fair play to him. Van der Beek as well has gone. I I started getting slightly worried when I saw Van der Beek go out the door because we've got loads of attacking choices, but we don't have that much in the midfield. And I do think we start leaving ourselves a little bit thin in the squad and taking a bit of a gamble on players staying fit. Uh, you know, and we usually do always have a few injuries here and there. So we've got a slightly more small squad, but you know, at the same time, I'm happy that it will give a chance to somebody like Alanga. Today, we saw Hannibal come onto the bench. I don't think that he is ready yet for first-team action, but it's good experience for him to be in and around the squad at least. Uh, he's actually one of the two players who'd been out at the African Cup of Nations. Uh, you know, we'd just come out of this kind of strange international break where none of the European teams were playing, but they had been qualifiers out in, Af- in Asia, in uh, USA, uh, North America, South America, and they had, of course, been African Cup of Nations going on. So Hannibal Medjbri was over there with Tunisia. Eric Bailly was there with Ivory Coast. They both went out uh, around kind of the knockout stages after their teams did go from the group stage. Um, but yeah, they're back in Manchester now. Bailly was missing today, and I know he played that last AFCON game with a kind of head covering on because he got a head injury. He did actually also miss in a penalty shootout out in AFCON. So yeah, the penalties curse for Manchester United players is going spreading further than just the club, unfortunately. Also, yeah, if we do a bit of an international roundup, uh, we had Fred and Tellez out playing for Brazil. Both of them played a full match each. Uh, Fred is a Brazilian regular now, you know, still often much maligned by Manchester United fans, but a regular feature for a very strong Brazil team. Uh, Alex Tellez was back in the Brazil squad for the first time in a while, so he's kind of happy to be that feature there and will hope to be going to the World Cup. Then I had a couple of players playing for Uruguay, uh, Edison Cavani, who everyone expects, but you might have forgotten about Facundo Pilestri, who came in around this time last year for about 10 million quid straight from Uruguay and has been out at Alaves in the Liga on loan. I was actually pretty shocked to see him uh, being selected in the Uruguay squad. I was then even more shocked to see him start. I was then even more shocked that he played an absolute blinder. Uh, if you haven't seen this video, go and check out the United Hour Twitter and you'll see a, a great assist from Palestri. He then also 
uh, won the foul that got a penalty for his team. Uh, Cavani scored a goal as well. So, and Uruguay had two wins, and they are still by no means guaranteed qualifying, and were slightly struggling in qualifying, and have got their World Cup qualification back on track with two wins over there. So, yeah, big performances for them. The only sad thing is that, you know, I'm a big fan of Cavani, and I just you know, love his kind of style of play and that he gives everything. But every time he goes away on international duty, he seems to want to have an extra week off. And at certain times I thought, okay, fair enough, because I think he'd kind of agreed something with Ole in the past when they'd convinced him to stay for an extra year. But this time it's annoyed me. And I think it's a bit too much now, especially since he's been missing at certain points with injuries as well. Um, I you know, players being committed to the club is a major, major issue at the moment. You know, whether it's the likes of Pogba and Lingard who have got like six months on contract and are going to be leaving, whether it's the players who've gone out on loan or like, you know, Cavani now saying I'm coming back a few days later. It really does become a bit too much. Uh, And especially today when you look to our bench and we could have done with Cavani. We could have done with Lingard. It could have made that difference at the end. So as I say, we played well for an hour, but then there was clearly like tired legs. There was players maybe who hadn't played that much lately, like Pogba. And on the bench, we had Alanga who came in and did pretty well. And I just feel so sad for the lad that he's the one who actually missed the penalty. Uh, you know, he did have one other very good chance as well that he could have done better with with his head. But yeah, generally he came in, he did well. And it was nice to see at full time after he's missed that penalty that some of the senior players, Phil Jones, Juan Mata, Bruno as well, I saw all were going out of their way to try and comfort him and try and tell him that, listen, this is not your fault. Um, you know, you can come through this and yeah I'm sure they'll all rally around him they've all been in these situations before and try and bring him through that but yeah I hope this doesn't affect Alanga too much I think you know he's done so well when he's come in he's been one that has been promoted by Rangnick and like I say those senior pros need to just get around him need to just make sure that this doesn't become a bigger issue as I say you know the penalties we actually did really well it's nothing like those times when we had pathetic penalties against Middlesbrough against Sunderland uh, you know other times as well the players mostly have done well and the same thing happened at Villarreal there was absolutely outstanding penalties some of the best set of penalties you'll ever see but unfortunately the other team in both cases Villarreal and Middlesbrough also seemed very cool and calm as they were taking their penalties and Henderson got close to one of them and could have was really unlucky with it. But apart from that, he was nowhere near any. And really, their keeper wasn't really near any of ours. There was the odd one he kind of got fingertips to. And until, yeah, Langer has stepped up and skied it, they were all going that way. Um, but yeah, look, what can you say? You know, once he gets to penalties as a Manchester United fan, you're kind of always expecting the worst. And really, it did not need to go to penalties. We should have finished this game so easily and full time it should have been two or three by half time it should have been four or five at full time and it's just crazy you know you say it's one of those days where we'll miss as a you know i think there's a bit too much abuse to the team today because i think they have actually played well if we play like that every game passing creating 
we will be all right. But I hope that this kind of setback doesn't then set them back in the kind of confidence because, you know, morale has been a major issue around this team at the moment. And yeah, look, you know, I just feel sorry for the fans who went to the stadium on a Friday night, which is not always easy to get to a game after work and things in the cold and pissing rain. Then just to like rub salt in the wounds, I'm sure everybody heard at half time that there was the announcement saying that there's not going to be any food or drink served in the concourse due to some kind of electrical issue. I mean, I've been going to Old Trafford for decades. I do not remember anything like that happening ever before in history. So that's just, you know, from the sublime to the ridiculous, it just kind of shows what a kind of shambles there is around the club at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, and, you know, at the best of times, I very, very rarely will buy anything in the ground. You know, things are expensive. There's massive queues. Uh, you know, there's not particularly great beer on offer. So it's quite rare. But on these kind of cold winter days, a kind of nice tea just as a hand warmer or something, or, you know, the molten pies, actually. You, you buy one of those Old Trafford pies, that'll keep you warm for 90 minutes. Don't eat it. It's like a hot water bottle. Um, but yeah, like I say, that was just the thing that topped everything off. And at that point, you said, look, I don't think this is going to be the right day for us. So, look, as I say, bad times to be a Manchester United fan. I did want to just do this podcast to put something out for the guys who listen. And also, it's kind of therapeutic for me just to get everything out there. Uh, All a bit kind of jumbled up, as I say, because I've not done this kind of thing on my own before. But I hope that's been something of use for you guys i before i just preview where we're going in the next matches do want to give a shout out to our regular sponsors manscaped uh valentine's day is coming up so yeah just around the corner and our sponsored manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion this v-day it's time to join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming with use our exclusive code and our code has actually changed our regular listeners will all know our code uh used to be united hour but now go to manscape.com and use the code united hour 20 to get 20 percent off and free shipping and as i say this can be a great present if there's ladies listening out there for your other half for valentine's day or yeah if you want to get yourself sorted out to get yourself some good action on valentine's day then yeah buy yourself one of the manscape packages and yeah surprise surprise that lucky lady in your life and of course uh, it's not only for men either you know ladies can use the manscape products as well to get your nether reasons clean and tidy so yeah look after this fa cup exit that a lot of people as well you know were saying that this is our best chance of silverware which is probably true because we're obviously not winning the league we are still in the champions league we've got a really really difficult draw coming up against atletico madrid and even if we're feeling confident if we're playing well that's going to be a difficult match but yeah still a few matches until we get there yet uh, burnley coming up on tuesday and look we just need to focus back on the league. As I said, we had won our last two league matches. We are back in the top four for the first time in a long time. And we have played well today. There is signs of the team starting to play better under Ranić. I'm not seeing a huge, huge change in tactics or anything. And he has reverted to much closer to what was an Ole system. But the 
players are definitely playing better and there is some confidence coming back. So I just hope that this kind of FA Cup loss doesn't kill everything that was slightly, you know, coming back there again. And yeah, if we could win Burnley again, at the bare minimum, get that kind of top four track back on, then yeah, we can still have a decent season. It doesn't need to be a write-off. You know, right now, United fans everywhere will be feeling very depressed, will be feeling like, just end the season now. What is even the point? And yeah, I can totally understand that after the week we've had with awful, awful news off the pitch with Mason Greenwood, with kind of strange transfer window, with weird comments coming out from players like denying things with the manager. You know, it's not not a good time at all. But still, we are in the top four. Beat Burnley. Start solidifying our league position and just get ready for when that Champions League kicks in again. Because, yeah, look, stranger things have happened. Then, you know, Chelsea won this last year and I'm not saying we're going to win it, but even like getting through the next tie would feel like quite a major victory against quite a, you know, one of the big, big clubs of Europe in recent times, Atletico Madrid uh, are actually the current La Liga champions, even though they're not on the best form they've ever been. But yeah, they're going to pose us a lot of trouble. So yeah, look, I'm going to wrap this up there because as I say, I'm coming off COVID and my voice isn't going to last that much longer. But I hope you appreciate me just trying to put something out here and keep you guys going. We, I'm not sure if we will record after Burnley because it's a Tuesday nighter, but we will definitely be back after Southampton next weekend. And yeah, we will see you then after that one. Good night from me. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.